You're listening to Utah Lake Facts, Fiction, and Fun, a Utah Lake Commission podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Utah Lake Facts, Fiction, and Fun podcast. My name is Sam Brager, your podcast host. In today's episode, um, those of you who are listening, some of you may actually be down at Utah Lake right now. Uh, today's episode is a special recording. Um, it's a partnership with Vineyard City. And this episode is a part of the experience of participating in the beautification project down at Utah Lake uh, for Earth Day with Vineyard City. Okay. So uh, they reached out to us and requested that we develop this special episode so that any of you who are listening, as you're down there doing an amazing job, and we thank you for that in picking up any garbage and helping remove some of the uh, uh, vegetation that's become an issue there and helping to beautify this area and prepare it for some of the enhancements that are going to be coming in the future and uh, being able to protect those those uh, sections of shoreline and bring in beaches and other things. We thank you for your efforts and we hope you really enjoyed this episode. And if you did not participate or are not participating in the Earth Day yet, but you're listening to this episode, we're still glad you're listening to the episode and we hope you share it with your friends. Uh, but definitely go check out that section of shoreline and vineyard along the lake. It should be looking pretty awesome after Earth Day 2022. So this episode is about vineyard and about the lake, right? So we kind of broke this up into three sections. First being somewhat about the history of the lake and the history of vineyard to kind of share some of the stories of the history. And then moving from there into what vineyard is today and some of the great recent developments that have happened in regards to the lake and vineyard and its relationship that uh, the city and the residents have with the lake. And then from there, our final section being about vineyard in the future and what's coming um, with master planning, the shoreline that the planning department's been working so hard on and gotten great input from residents on. So we really hope you enjoy this episode. Um, we'll have links for documents and videos and stuff that we reference in the show notes, which is the, the notes on the podcast, wherever you're listening to it, we'll have links there that you can go and look into more of what we have to share. So we hope you enjoy the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. To talk a little bit about the history of Vineyard and of Utah Lake, there's two main sources that uh, we've got the information from. One is from a book and also a video that were created from the June Sucker Program back in, I think it was 2009, called Utah Lake Legacy. It's a great, amazing book. It's just 87 pages, um, all about the history of the lake and how it's been such a core and vital part of our culture of, of a source of food, a source of leisure and recreation, and a source of inspiration to people. And here at the commission, we definitely feel that same way too. If you have not heard of the Utah Lake Commission, by the way, a little shout out for the agency. Um, the Utah Lake Commission was founded in 2007 with the goal of helping local and federal and state agencies and private entities and uh, residents all to work together to protect and enhance the lake. There was no one entity that could try to approach it from a comprehensive perspective instead of, you know, just Vineyard City taking care of their section or Provo City or Utah County or et cetera, et cetera. Okay. And the commission has been doing that work for a very long time. And we love that work. And we are passionate about helping connect residents with the lake and see the value that it has and all that it has to contribute and the potential it has to even be better and to be protected and enhanced in ways that we can use now and also in future generations. So, 
when we talk about the history of the lake, there are some really cool stories. So some of our information is going to come from Utah Lake Legacy, and some of it's actually going to come from a Vineyard City um, Heritage Days magazine from 2021. I love that the opening statement in that article is, nothing quite so defines Vineyard as its proximity to Utah Lake. I mean, if you're a vineyard resident listening to this, I, th- I would hope you would agree with that 100%. A lot of what I hear from city employees and such and elected officials is that people move to vineyard because it's by the lake. Make sure to tune in to next week's episode, and that's going to be an interview with Morgan Brim, who is the community development director. And he has also commented much with me about how much residents love their connection with Utah Lake. So Utah Lake used to be a part of the Greater Lake Bonneville. And as those, you know, the water levels went down, the area had swamplands and sand hills, all this kind of native vegetation, sagebrush, uh, cattails, all this kind of stuff. And settlers wanted to farm along the lake. They realized that those fertile shorelines along Utah Lake were great for farming. And so that's long been a part of the history of the area. Um, And as other settlers traveled the area, they made extensive notes about the valley, including information about several streams and rivers that fed into the lake. Those notes all got studied by Mormon pioneers, and that's why they came down to Utah Valley in 1847. And within two years, they'd settled and composed, I think it was 30 families in the general area of Provo and Orem. Uh, The potential of the lake bottoms as good farmland soon became apparent, and homesteaders started to move into the general area in the early 1870s, many staking claims of 160 acres. Some sheds and a few outbuildings began to dot the landscape. Drinking water would typically come from one of the many springs with an occasional well being dug. Um, In the wet years before the Deer Creek Dam in 1946, the Provo River would often run wild, overflowing its banks, flooding nearby farmland. Canals and ditches had to be dug to better manage the water. Springs all over the area had to be drained, and the fields were leveled with teams of horses pulling scrapers so that they could be irrigated. The Union Pacific Railroad came into the area in 1873, followed by the Denver and Rio Grande in 1881 and 1882. For many decades, these railroads served as transportation for agricultural products uh, to processing plants and urban markets. The railroads would also transport people traveling through the area and regularly brought visitors to the very popular Geneva Resort. I love that the article mentions the Geneva Resort. Geneva Resort is one of over 20 resorts that used to be around Utah Lake. And these stretched all the way from the early 1800s all the way until the last one to close was in Saratoga Springs, Um, closed in the 1980s, not that long ago. Now, these resorts were amazing. In fact, Geneva Resort, there is a photo in the Utah Lake Legacy book. So if you look up online, we'll make sure we have the link here to learn more about Utah Lake Legacy. But if you type in Geneva Resort, like a control F searching through the document, it'll pull up some really cool photos, including one of my personal favorites, which is the flume slide that was at Geneva Resort. Looks like it must have been tens of feet tall that would send people down into a pool. It was just an amazing looking slide. So really cool history in the area with Geneva Resort. Um, businesses and economy in Vineyard was mostly based on agricultural back in those days, right? um, Producing agricultural products, um, processing and shipping plants for the fruit and berries and vegetables, sugar beet dump and slicer, a depot to process the milk from the numerous dairy farms to turkey ranches, a feed mill, and a couple of country stores. Vineyard's first school was called the Little Blue Schoolhouse, built in 1883. This school was replaced in 1894 and then again in 1912 with larger and better facilities. 
<clears throat> the LDS religion was the predominant religion in the valley and formed the culture of what was to become Vineyard. One of the earliest organized LDS church wards in the immediate Vineyard area was the Lakeview Ward formed in 1877 with two separate congregations, Lakeview and North Lakeview. In 1899, the congregations known as North Lakeview became the Vineyard Ward, and the immediate community surrounding this area was named Vineyard after the many grapevines cultivated along the sand hills that formed the west slope of the Orem Bench. With the threat of another world war looming over the United States and concerned about its ability to produce and transport the necessary steel for the war effort, President Franklin D. Roosevelt embarked on an aggressive program to enlarge steel manufacturing capabilities in locations well inland that would be more protected from the possibility of enemy attack. Finding Vineyard to be an ideal location because of its abundant water supply, being an open land area with labor plentiful and having two key rail lines crossing the valley, the government appropriated approximately 1,600 acres on which to build a steel manufacturing enterprise. This action displaced over 40% of the vineyard population. The plant was named after the Geneva Bathing Resort. The first steel produced rolled out of the plant in February 1943. In 1946, U.S. Steel purchased the struggling plant and converted it to meet peacetime needs for West Coast markets. However, in the early 1960s, Geneva Steel started to feel the pinch of foreign competition, struggling to stay viable throughout the 1970s. Strong support came from throughout Utah temporarily saved the Geneva plant through the 1980s. A group of local investors purchased the struggling business and for the next several years saw its ups and downs, finally having to file for Chapter 11 bankruptcy in early 1991. This ended nearly 50 years of steel production at the Geneva Steel Plant in Vineyard. One of the more popular recreational locations in the area in the early 1900s was what became known as the Geneva Bathing Resort. In its heyday, it drew regular visitors. For many years, Vineyard was known simply as part of Orem and Provo, with both larger cities desiring to annex the area into their growing populations. However, the residents of Vineyard wanted to preserve their small community and keep it as pristine as possible. With a change in state tax laws in the early 1980s, Geneva Steel, together with Vineyard community leaders, saw an opportunity to try and create their own separate town by creating a petition for incorporation. Vineyard was finally successful in its fight to become its own taxing authority, a town, and was officially incorporated on May 9th, 1989. A mayor and town council were elected, a tax base was established, specific streets were named to ease the delivery of mail, and the beginnings of Vineyard were planted firmly in the ground. A town was established providing what the original inhabitants wanted, a place to call their own in a location surrounded by the rich natural beauties of the valley. Now, what a great finish to that article there of the rich natural beauty that is in this area of Vineyard. And we couldn't agree more. And we know that Utah Lake is a vital part of that beauty in the valley. Now, we talked about some of the history of the area, Geneva Steel, and the, the important part that it played. Although it did have negative effects on the lake, it provided labor, was an important part of the war effort, and provide a lot of jobs in here in the area afterwards. It's also great to see that Geneva Steel was a part of helping create this community here in this area in the 1980s. And Vineyard has been doing amazing things ever since. Now, we hit on some general history there, but I wanted to highlight a few additional stories that are kind of fun history for anybody listening. 
The first one I want to hit on is a boxing match. Now, you hear Utah Lake and you probably wouldn't think boxing match. But a severe drought plagued Utah during the early to mid-1930s. In 1934, maybe 1935, Utah Lake became so dry that Andy Anderson and Dave Williamson were able to stage a mock boxing match on the lake bottom. There's a picture in the Utah Lake Legacy book where um, they're actually out kind of looking like, you know, boxers like in UFC or something or uh, boxing matches today where like they stage with their fists on the stage against or up on top of a platform for the media to take pictures and such, right? And there's an image like that in the book of these two gentlemen, uh, Andy Anderson and Dave Williamson. And they were in an area that years earlier would have been near the middle of the lake. That same day, the men safely walked from Pleasant Grove to the other side of the lake. So kind of a cool, fun little story of uh, setting up a fake boxing match down at the middle of the lake. In fact, there's an entire blog post on our website about that. Uh, Another great history part to do with the lake and some history there is the story of the SS Showboat. This is another one featured in Utah Lake Legacy. is a great, great story. One that we like to talk about a lot because it talks about a boat that two uh, friends started that was a flat-bottomed boat, meaning this boat could float in as little as 18 inches of water, I think is what it says. Now, that sounds pretty impressive, right? Only 18 inches of water. But what's even more impressive is that boat was designed to hold upwards of, two. I think it's somewhere around 200 people. So the SS Showboat was a tour boat. People would... I think if I remember correctly from the the documentary, it was booked like a year or more in advance for tickets for people to come out on this boat and it would take you out on the lake and you would go out for an evening of fun. The boat had an, an on onboard restaurant, if you will, with dining area, it had a live orchestra and dance hall. Can you imagine up to 200 people out on this boat doing this? They would tour out to Bird Island and visit the island and come back in and would spend their evenings having fun out on Utah Lake. And so the SS Showboat is one one story I love to share with people. There's some amazing pictures in the book. And if you watch the documentary, it's a good five to 10 minute section of the documentary talks about this book. It's a really cool to hear. And there was lots of other great recreation and leisure that came at the lakes. Very exciting from motorboat races to airplanes landing along Sandy Beach and other areas. Really cool history to do with the lake. So as you're listening, you can learn there's a lot of great recreation and leisure. There was great fishing that was involved in the lake. Um, there's some amazing photos of some of the Bonneville cutthroat trout and others that have been caught in the history in the lake. And Utah Lake actually has five different fishing records, state fishing records that have been accomplished there, including, I believe, the the state's largest bass, uh, white bass ever caught. Um, and there's some really cool info on that that we'll put into the show notes, too, if you want to learn more about the fishing records. So we've talked about the history of the lake. I want to transition over to Vineyard Today. Now, Vineyard Today is exciting. Um, When I checked with Vineyard City staff, they said that their uh, vineyard is nearing 20,000 residents in size with a build-out expected at 50,000 people when the downtown area uh, development is completed in the next five to 10 years. So Vineyard is growing rapidly. And I know that there's oftentimes some, some concerns about rapid development, 
But I want to I want to share that our experiences in talking with Vineyard City staff, I think there is a sincere and honest effort to balance all interests and provide some great amenities and protect some great amenities as Vineyard develops. Now, there's some great awards that Vineyard's had that I wanted to make sure I highlighted that I got from the staff. Um, there's uh, a handful of them here. There's the Healthy Utah Community Award by Get Healthy Utah. Um, Vineyard also received the Bicycle Friendly Community Bronze Level Award by the American League of Bicyclists. Um, was labeled as a Tree City USA in 2020 and 2021 by the National Arbor Day Foundation. It was the fastest growing city in America in 2020. So a lot of really cool accomplishments. Those are just a handful of them that talk about Vineyard today. And what what are some elements that make that um, awesome, right? That make Vineyard awesome today. I wanted to hit on a few that are connected to Utah Lake specifically. One being trail enhancements. Um, There's long been a plan to have a trail that goes all the way around Utah Lake. And the way that that's approached is each city uh, and the county and others approach uh, sections as they can, budget-wise and as developments come in and such. And so as a result, there are some kind of pieces that are done in some areas and not done in others. Vineyard has had uh, significant sections of trail done for uh, quite a while now. And last year in 2021, the last remaining section to complete all the way up to Linden Marina and all the way down to the southern border of where you start the farmland in Vineyard, all got done. Previous to that, there was a large chunk that had been missing for a few years. But the city, in partnership with the developers, were able to put in, and and other partners, were able to put in that last remaining section. So you can now ride basically the full length of shoreline of Vineyard almost um, and be able to do so continuously. And it's a great trail. If you haven't been on it before, you're on it today if you're one of the Earth Day cleanup uh, people, volunteers. Um, but if not, make sure you head down there. Some amazing trails to be able to visit. And new trails coming in the future will be, be able to um, enhance that even further. And I think, let me look here. Um, and since we're on the topic of trails, the future trails, Wakara Way um, is a project that many have heard about, which is an open space park starting from the southern borders of Vineyard all the way down to Provo and the Provo River Delta project. There is a section of trail. Um, I think it's two and a half to three miles that will go in there. That project has fully received its funding um, in 2021, uh, just shy of five million from the state legislature and Mountain Land Association of Governments. Uh, allocated another four and a half million or so for 2023 next year. So that project is ongoing. Um, It's in planning and design phase right now. And a trail will be a section of that, right? Then on the north end, the trail dead ends right behind Linden Marina right now near the, uh, the transfer station, the Linden transfer station. Um, Timpanoga Special Service District, which is the wastewater management uh, district for the northern part of Utah County, they also received funding through Mountain Land Association of Governments for 2023 to complete the trail moving from Linden Marina all the way over into Lehigh and Saratoga over to what's called North Lake Park. That section of trail is another two and a half to three miles that is connecting, that is the missing piece to connect Linden all the way over to Saratoga Springs. So once that's done, there will be a seriously long section. I think we're at 15 to 20 miles, if I remember correctly, somewhere in that neighborhood of continuous trail that you could ride on. So we're really excited to see that coming in the future. So trails make Vineyard today awesome. Another great awesome thing, Vineyard Beach. There is a sand rake. That's specifically what I want to hit on. Obviously, we think Vineyard Beach is great as well, but it's going to be even better in the future. But right now, um, just recently, I think it was last year, maybe the year before, uh, Utah Lake Commission and Vineyard City and a few others partnered to purchase what's called a sand rake. Um, And if you haven't seen this out there, it's pretty awesome. It's basically a tool that is pulled behind 
um, a skid steer or another uh, piece of uh, heavy machinery, and it rakes through the sand at Vineyard Beach. So if you've been down there recently, notice that it's been a little bit softer, not as many thorns or maybe broken glass or rocks or anything present. It's because they're raking it. And it's an amazing tool. It actually has several layers of uh, uh, fineness to be able to get finer and finer material to help keep that beach clean. So I would say that Vineyard Beach and the sand rake for using for that is definitely something that makes Vineyard great today. A third thing we want to bring up, Sunset Beach Park. We love Sunset Beach Park. That came in recently in the last couple of years um, and has been a wonderful amenity from what I've seen anytime I stop by there with just how many residents use it. But if you look at the design of this park, it's oriented towards the lake. I mean, there's an amphitheater with the lake behind whoever might be performing. I know there's even been talks trying to work with Vineyard City on having a concert series down there potentially in the future. Um, That's something the commission would be excited to see and we'd hope you would enjoy too. But a wonderful park, great amenities with a trail right next to the lake. How many people in Utah County can say that they have a park like Sunset Beach Park in their their town? Not many. Pretty sure it's only Vineyard. (laughs) So a great park that makes Vineyard great today. Something else we think that makes Vineyard great today is the UTA station coming in. Um, The time of this podcast, I believe it's just in its final weeks, uh, I believe, if I remember correctly. In fact, Morgan Brim, the podcast episode we've recorded for next week, you'll have to tune in, talk some more about that. But making public transit available and having one stop in an area that will go directly, people will be able to go directly from that UTA station straight through Vineyard down to Utah Lake and make it more and more accessible for people to visit. So those are just a handful of things that we think make Vineyard great today. Now to wrap up our podcast, our last segment is on Vineyard and Utah Lake in the future. There's a few points, just three here we wanted to hit on that talk about how Vineyard is going to continue to be great and continue to tie residents well to Utah Lake. And the first one I wanted to hit on, I'm only going to do briefly because we're going to have uh, Morgan Brim talking more about these in our next episode, but the master planning of the shoreline. Um, Utah Lake Commission partnered with Vineyard City in order to secure a Utah County tourism tax dollar grant um, called TTAB commonly. And these are tourism tax dollars that are put back into the area in order to enhance it for leisure and recreation for both visitors and also local residents alike. And these dollars went towards the plan of designing the entire shoreline of the lake. What I mean by that is not just starting a project and trying to spend money as quick as we can, but going through this with a very intentional effort to plan the shoreline according to the needs and wants of the residents and also matching it up with what the lake has to offer. So master planning the shoreline to have beaches and have a boardwalk and enhancing those trails even further and providing great amenities is something we're really excited to see more. So definitely listen into next week's episode to hear Morgan Brim talk more on that topic. Second thing that's coming in the future that makes Vineyard great, the Wakara Way project. Um, This project was first um, proposed by the Holdaway family and uh, Jake Holdaway and his father, Keith, specifically, which hopefully they're listening to the episode and enjoying it because the Wakara Way project is an amazing thing for Vineyard. It's a conservation project. It's making an open space park. Now, to be clear, open space parks are not city parks, right? City park, uh, you know, you've got your lawn, you've got a playground structure and a parking area, right? And that's about it. A few other things sometimes, baseball field, soccer field, that stuff. An open space park is where you create a park that preserves the native landscape and vegetation. And the holdaways and the 27-something government entities all involved and volunteers and others are all working towards trying to create 
complete this open space park. Now, we've had lots of episodes about the Wakara Way project on the podcast, so please make sure to go back and grab one of those and listen in to learn more about what exactly is included in this project. It's a wonderful element that makes Vineyard great today and in the future. The third one we wanted to mention is the Vineyard Downtown Project. And basically, if I had to sum this project up, it's that the city is developed towards the lake. For a long time, uh, the last several decades, I would ballpark, if you drive along the lake shoreline, the, the other cities and areas of the county look as if they got planned to hide the lake. Now, I mean no insult in that to any of the any of the cities or the county or anyone else involved. But when you drive along cities that have been around for a very long time at the lake, you see development like agricultural or industrial, commercial, storage, all these kinds of things that almost create a boundary between residents and homes in the lake. And these newer towns like Saratoga Springs and Vineyard, especially when we're talking about Vineyard here, developed their city towards the lake. And Vineyard is doing something that is absolutely amazing. And I'm actually not going to talk about it. I'm just going to tell you that downtown got intentionally developed to bring people to the lake. And you're going to have to listen in to next week's episode with Morgan Brim to learn more about that. So thank you so much for listening into this episode. If you're one of the volunteers at Earth Day down at the lake, I hope you've enjoyed it. We hope that you've learned some about the history of the lake and what makes Vineyard great today and also what's going to make Vineyard great in the years to come. Thank you for participating. If you want to help with any other cleanups at the lake, make sure to visit our website, utahlake.org. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. And please share this episode with friends and family. We'd love to help raise awareness about the podcast and help people learn about just amazing stories to do with the lake, projects, updates to do with the lake, and ideas for recreation activities down there too, as this is the Utah Lake Facts, Fiction, and Fun Podcast. Thanks for listening to Utah Lake Facts, Fiction, and Fun. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe so that you can receive notifications each time an episode comes out on Thursday mornings. And if there's something in here that you feel you can share, please post the link online, share with your friends so that everyone else can also learn about the facts, fiction, and fun to do with Utah Lake. 